0: V with two subbies stereotype with a huge encooler doing it right might be like I'm confused what's the attraction but some dudes just love to lose traction that cruise action Saturday night you can do it in the lights okay. welcome to rugbos this is the car chat series episode 10 when double digits Mr Ellis how goes it?
1: Good man, so it's been a while since uh, we've had a chat um, Look, we've been slack been getting caught up in life and bits and pieces You know, down here Because um, in Melbourne we're actually allowed out and about now So um, yeah, I've been prioritising Just been able to, you know, venture further 5 K from my house And do all the exciting things like that And um, yeah But uh, thanks for everyone messaging, pushing us along to do this again So um, here we are, we've uh, got a lot to uh, catch up on
0: Yeah, no, all good, <laughs> all good uh, yeah, It's been... Interesting all over Australia, as, as we always open with these, so hopefully this is the end of it, but I um I doubt it is, I think yeah. uh, there'll be, something will pop up every now and then that will um, throw a spanner in the works, and we know the bill, the bill, quote unquote in Victoria, is uh, looking like it's on the outer, but you never know all these politicians all it takes is for um, one to get in bed with another, and then uh, you're back in lockdown in a month, so, <laughs> yeah, exactly especially right. in Victoria, exactly right. but right. uh Yeah, we're here to talk cars anyway, so we might as well get on with that. But yeah, look, there's been a lot going on, uh, a lot of news, um, a lot of movement still to an extent. There's some big auctions that uh, have gone by, most notably uh, the Lloyd Carmania auction and um, it produced a bunch of records. What, What do you have for us?
1: Yeah, it's, um, look, I mean, it was one watching, um, yeah, all sit back watching. And, and look, I think in general that this is a prime option to really talk about as a focus point, right? Because like, don't get me wrong, there's some massive numbers, but there were some that, um, there were some cars that went through that. I was just like, holy shit. So I think it did call out the, um, the whole scene a fair bit with those high kilometre vehicles with everyone thinking, hey, that's, um, that's their massive payday rolling down the lot. Didn't eventuate that way, but it was a proven point that we actually said last time remember when the light by fire W1 loop went for that million and 50. And then there was the Panorama Silver W427 that was overshadowed by that car. This is a prime auction like that. I reckon that um, the guy floating through the, um, the extra three yellow cars, I think, you know, trying to, he was thinking he's going to be hitting that $5 million plus mark for these cars. But I think this was one that um, different strategy of drip feeding. Across a few different options, probably would have netted a better result, but still, um, some big dollars um, getting passed in more than uh, changing hands. We'll uh, go to the first, the big mumbo car of that one was the GDSR W1 Malu in XU3 yellow, build number one. We thought this was going to hit that uh, 1.5 mil mark. It was going to be around that. The expectation was there for the seller as well. Passed in 1.15, All right? So if you think about it, the standout of, of what this is um, being painted in the XU3, pulled the same dollars as what was uh, at LMCT Plus, paid for the red uh, W1. Um, so hitting that number, but yeah, um, still hasn't sold to this day. So Hasn't sold, yeah. There. So
0: negotiations yeah. have obviously just, it was a firm offer for mm-hmm. the bid winner and doesn't want to go up anymore. Do you know what he paid roughly?
1: Um oh look, I do know the dollars have changed hands in the back of that. Can't get into all that. But, um, that, but that would yeah
0: it would have been close to yeah, making but it was nothing big, right,
1: yeah. Yeah, it was still still big dollars anyway, um, for it. But um on to the other one, which is the the brother car that one being the sedan. Um yeah, so build number 17, also X U3 Yellow. Brand new car as well. Only 26 kilometers on the clock. The um blue had 18 kilometers. So, this one didn't sell, hit uh, 750K, um, passed in. Interesting that negotiations were supposed to be taking place after with the potential bidder, didn't eventuate that way. Ended up hitting Gumtree, or we had a bit of a laugh about it, ended up hitting car sales, and apparently it has changed hand for 800 grand. Um, but that is hearsay. I don't know confidently behind that, but that's just hearsay. Apparently that happened. Um, but I guess. We thought that was going to be around that 1 to 1.2 mark. You know, just being the height behind that, kind of thought, hey, well, if I can't get the blue, um, let's try and get the sedan. But didn't eventuate that way. So uh, the liquor plate didn't um, didn't uh, net uh, that extra, um, yeah, 500 grand. So um, the one we did get right, said it was going to hit a mill, and it did, was the 1996 VS GDSR bill number one. 86 kilometres on the clock, still stickers and everything on it. Absolute standout car, optimised with the sunroof, blueprinted the works. That car, unbelievable. So anyone out there holding it at 215 HSV thinking, well, if that's hit a mil, my um, 215 Senator, it's probably worth 250 <laughs> grand now. That all started yep. straight away. Keyboard warriors hammering, thinking, Jesus Christ. Hey, Boggs, you're probably sitting on half a mil with yours, eh? Hey?
0: Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so... Might have a this buyer. I can, I can double up the buyer.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is what happens. This is how it flows on. Um, another one we got right as well was a concept coupe. Said that was going to go about six hundred grand. I was getting messages after our after episode nine. Go, you guys fucking serious? That's going to go big dollars. That's a concept car. Everything all that. End of the day, can't register it. It is useless. It's as um, useful as a one one eight. And this is a IMG discussion. Car.
0: That's that's a discussion I have with you. That's it's just not. It's mm. a concept, and it's not a known car. It's damn
1: cool. It's yeah, coo- yeah but it's
0: not really a known car. Cool, like your your, your no, purist, exactly. your purist knows about it. I, yep. I, you know, I'd rather something that was that was race that has some history. Like I take a you know, hmm. a Brock Commodore from the 80s over that any day of the week, regardless yeah. of numbers, just because there's something about it, right? Whereas the concepts are they're nice. They're a nice talking point to have in your collection. You can barely like you said, you can't even road register it. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm just not a fan of it. That's why I thought I was even shocked they'd go over six, seven hundred. I thought they'd fall flat. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's well, just not not a collector in my in my opinion. I don't I don't like concepts to, yeah. to that extent.
1: Oh, exactly. It's um, yeah, pulled five hundred and eighty grand, which is damn good money for it. Um, I think it is one of those ones. Like at the time when Boomer had it, was kind of right. So I've got the other GDSRs. Might as well get this to make the collection makes sense in that sense to corner everything. But as a standalone car to really sit there and just kind of go out there and, um, yeah, have a look at it and, yeah, enjoy it that way. That's what you can really do. Another interesting one there was uh, VX GDS Series 2. Um, so build number one because it's the only one that was made in, the, in um, Series 2. So at the time then, so I went to VX um, – yeah, the VX GTS finished up, and then they actually went to the Series Two. Was the SB three hundred? But um, there was one of the uh, head honchos there at HSV that wanted um, a Series Two in the VX GTS and it was made. Um, I was actually quite surprised with this eighteen thousand kilometers on the clock, went for one hundred and fifty-five grand.
0: Yeah, not was bad. Big,
1: wow, I was singing Jesus. So, um, and the other big talking point of that auction was. Uh, you no, know, it's the one that set the record. So, um, nineteen seventy-one X Y GDHO, phase 30,000 miles an on o'clock, one point three mil.
0: What color was that one?
1: Was it yellow? I, don't yeah, I, th- I think so it was it?
0: yellow. I'm just not one hundred percent sure. Yeah. I saw that. I think I've seen. Yeah, there's been the ads a few of it. these ones. Yeah, yeah. There it's um. It's um. Here we go. Yeah, it was yellow.
1: That's yellow. Yep, yeah, yeah, it was yellow, wasn't it? Yeah. So, um, yeah, they boys keep topping the Holden boys here, so these um yeah the phase three's are still pulling the big bucks there. So it's um but in that there was a lot of other cars um yeah VX Senators VG Maloo, high K there's a lot of high K stuff in there. So um and there's even some um yeah some LSA RA's pulling like 120 grand and stuff. I'm just scratching my head going really really. So <laughs> I still can't get my head around the hype of um hype of uh, all those LSA Maloos. but um. On to what's going on with the market, the flow effect from that. So that, that's almost the thing we look for. So um, auction on a um, Saturday or Sunday, what are things selling for on a Monday? That's, uh, that's a flow effect. And the going into what's happened to the HSVs there, um, cheapest GDSR on the market. At the moment, 189 grand. White one, the most expensive. Um, that's white one with 22,000 Ks or something on it. Um, it goes to the most expensive sedan being $369,000. Uh, the W1s, cheapest one listed at the moment is 469000 Most expensive, still sitting there. It's been sitting there for youngs now, 630. Um, GDSR Maloo, cheapest listed at the moment is 170000 Most expensive being $400,000. Um, and the GTS, we always look at what's happening in the over in the FPV corner. Um, 149,000 is the cheapest one. Most expensive uh, is 260. So, um the other thing to note really, the FPV market, the F6s have been moving like massively at the moment. So, the FG F6s, they're all pushing that 60,000 plus now. um A black BF Typhoon aspect with 9,000. 906 kilometers on the clock, sold for 105,000 a couple of weeks ago. Um, And there's another one that I heard's possibly going to be listed, which is red, same as mine, Um, that's only got about 9,000 Ks on it as well. So, um, yeah, um, that's probably going to be asking similar dollars. So, um, and aspects are all floating around about that 60,000 for high K stuff, but all kind of pushing towards that 80,000 K mark now. So, interesting there, the market asking, getting. And I'm just hearing some things changing hands, which is just making me scratch my head. And I was normally a guy, go, you can ask what you want. Are you going to get it? And then I'm hearing changing hands, and I'm, yeah. Well, me well, out, I think yeah. it says,
0: how about, how bad do you want some of these cars? Cause you're not going to get them again. Um, and, and you yeah. look at, you look at what I find interesting is the cars that we just mentioned, uh, besides probably a few of, you know, the high kilometer aspects or, you know, these, like, like you're, Phase threes that you, you're not going to find one privately advertised anymore. They all go auction. Yeah. Even even your high, yeah. you know, your moderate kilometer HSV GTSs, your Ford GTs, any of that stuff now. Just you you just struggle to see it online on car sales mm. or unique cars or even eBay these days. Everyone just go. Everyone's going auction because of the hype. And yeah. you know, yeah, credit to the auction houses, they create enough hype for it. Um, you, all you need is two people to fight for it, and that's where it's going. It's like if you you know, for mm. those of you out there much like Justin and I that do, you know, I remember we used to troll pages three, four, five years ago and you'd almost snap up something bargain-worthy wor- weekly, whether it be a 4G, some some era GT, whether it be a mm. HSV, whether it be a Brock Commodore, you'd find something once a week that you could have bought at a bargain if you crunched it, right? Well, whereas now on private listings, like you might not find one a year. <laughs> like it's yeah, it's really, really, exactly, dr- yeah. it's really dried up. Mm. So you kind of have to go the auction route and the unfortunate reality of an auction route is, you might not be able to inspect it as much as you want and you might mm. get emotional on the day and you know you don't know if dummy bidding's involved for some places. So it does drive the prices up and that's what we're seeing. So it's just, yeah, real, real interesting to see that everyone's kind of, you know, and that they they're usually charging anywhere between, you know, seven and a half to ten percent both ways. So it's not the cheapest exercise even for a seller. And you could you could eat a lot of that if you if you don't get the price you want, you know.
1: Yeah, it's, it's funny you say about um, about dummy bidding because just watching this auction, I was just seeing just prices just gone up and down and up and down and everything all over the place. Like it just kind of just shows that um, non-verified bids, but it um seen that we're a lot more stringent um, on it compared to a few of the other auctions i have been watching. So hopefully uh, what, we're, what we've are what we been slamming home in these uh, podcasts has been um, hitting home to a few of these auction houses. So... Um, but in other cars going on in the market at the moment, so a few, um, a few low number examples hit the Australian shores. First one um, being an M5 CS. So um, yeah, one of my mates got one of these. Um, only twenty of these came to Australia. So these ones here, four seater, unbelievable. Had carbon bits and pieces on it. it only came out in uh, two frozen colours, which is frozen uh, green, frozen grey, and like a uh, gloss grey as well um amazing amazing cars um being um yeah lightweight nimble everything just absolute cracker to drive very very quick um but these are offered 305 thousand five thousand. no negotiations on these on these prices being only 20 coming into australia um and these are being sold already now for over um, 500k so it's um amazing that buying a euro car that normally tanks massively um once again, down to supply and demand. Only twenty hit the country, and I guess if you look at probably ten of them snapped up by um, M enthusiast collectors. I suppose only um, if you want one, got to pay pay the money and pony up. So, yeah, but even uh, even
0: so, you look at you look at um, even just look at some look at some G wagons today, like a twenty one G wagon. You know, they're mm. that people are asking almost half a mil for them because. you know you just you can't get anything landed at the moment i'm surprised we even Mm. got 20 of the cs's in australia to be honest with you 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 can't get anything landed so what's what's happening now to the market is a 2019 or a 2020 m5 Mm. or whatever you're looking for with probably higher kilometers than you'd like is asking more than what a brand new one would be because dealers can't land them they can't get them you know as we've discussed on previous pods you know there's a chip shortage there's um, blah, 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 blah. And, and it just, it's causing havoc, especially in Australia. Like we're, our market's probably one of the last on the totem pole for deliveries because we're so, uh, us in New Zealand, this side of the world. So we, we, we'll be, you know, we're not, a, we're not a mass population. You'd go to China before us, you go to Singapore before us, you go to the Philippines, you know, like, so yeah. we're the last stop and we get kind of the scraps, um, even though obviously we are first world and there's some cashed up people here. It's just the way it is. We're a small population. So I've just, yeah, it's been interesting watching um, the market for new cars. I have got a friend looking for potentially an X3 or a smaller SUV, and I looked at the prices the other day. I was like, "Holy shit!" Like they, you know, <laughs> they're, they're actually going. Yeah, exactly. They're actually going up, and that, this is just for like a standard, you know, a nice X3 M you know, turbo, turbo diesel, and they've, you know, they've gone up because oh, you, you can't get yeah. them. You, how bad do you want it? Do you want it now? Do you want it today or within the next two or three months? Well, you're paying a premium for it. If you want to order one, the dealers, mm-hmm. you know, I had another friend that ordered a, a Porsche uh, Macan. And um, yeah, it was like severely delayed. It went from being like a 10 month order to 18 odd months before it landed. And, and they just they yeah. t- t- took the money and oh, sorry, it's out of our control, out of our control. But that's what's happening to people. So people get frustrated. They get their money back from the dealer and then they just snap one up, which, is, which yeah. has massively boosted the second hand market.
1: Oh, it's, well, that's seen people are doing that now, even, even like new Kias and things, because there's delays on them. Literally ordering cars, take and deliver of it and chuck it up on car sale straight away for a couple of grand more just to just to make a quick clip in on it because that's the thing it's a demand. so exactly um and and look i mean how we're talking last time i mean i sold the missus had the 2020 bmw x540i i think you the price i got it for sell it now make a few bucks on it go get another one Went to go get another one i'm gonna pay 20 grand more than what i paid originally and i didn't think of that at the time i was just going crap probably should have kept it you know in hindsight could have kept another year and done something, but um suppose it could be in the same position. It could be harder to move being a year older. So that's the gamble. Um, another interesting car, so 50 of these came to Australia, which is the, um, you know, we spoke last time about the, the Nissan GDR wrapping up. or the T-Spec came in, um, had a couple of mates uh, who were able to corner of these, and one of them flipped them straight away. So these were offered. I think anywhere between probably two twenty and two fifty, depending on the on the dealerships. Um, mate pay two thirty six for his one. Got it, landed it, flipped it straight away for five fifty. Like literally on the same day it landed, did the <laughs> transaction, moved it. Um, so nice little learner. He did well. But there's some of the Millennium Jade examples of these ones, and the fifty to Australia, and the Millennium Jade one is the sought after color. And, um, and there's a couple of these listed for a million bucks. So it's um, amazing that. Um, People talk about crypto. People talk about other things and rare car market right now, damn money maker and art. half. It's, well, it's um, everything.
0: It's everything, man. It's it's mm. my wife's handbags. It's watches. It's it's cars. Yeah. It's art. It's paintings. It's everything. Everyone's trying to just lock their money in into something that's going to appreciate because you know look at the states that right now five six percent inflation. We'd be close. We'll eventually mm. be close. Just the amount of money the government's throwing at all the COVID shit. So I think people mm. people are in a panic and, and they don't want to. They don't want to just keep a wad of cash in the safe or in the bank because you're getting shit all for it. So everyone's moving yeah. towards these kind of things, and that's why we're seeing such a spike in just your everyday second-hand luxury Euro cars and and brand new cars and, and rare cars. Whereas you know back in the day it would go the opposite. You you drive one of one of these premium cars for a couple of years and then sell it and take a big hit and, and kind of cry as you're selling it second-hand. You know, but um, mm. it's it's every everything that's collectible even stamps it's if you look um, everything's gone through the roof basketball cards um, you know NFTs fuck mate like the list goes on because everyone's everyone's in a panic to try and find a yield or a return and unfortunately yeah. the, the best way they can is through some sort of holding like a like a sports car or a handbag or a watch that's rare because it's just the way it is it's you, you know your bank's paying you what are they giving you, you for a cash deposit these days Point point zero five percent
1: yeah, point, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. it's just like yeah
0: What's the, what's the point? Oh, might as well light on fire. I'm, mm.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm getting mates messaging, going, you know, like, do we get a pull, you know, get a heap of us and just pull money together and just buy these cars and get them and store them and things. It's just crazy. Like, yeah, spot on. Just a mentality where anyone can just get money and move it right now into something. Because yeah, I, I don't know if um, COVID was seen as a world apocalypse or something like that going on, but um, there's definitely some weird fear. Just um, yeah, circulating around. So, without a doubt. Yeah. Mm. Um, on to a bit of uh, car news around. Um, yeah, it's uh, here about the sixth most valuable car maker. See the US, 100 billion, and um, only just hitting into manufacturing, which is uh, Rivian. So.
0: Outrageous, man. Outrageous. <laughs> so, um, a friend of mine at Jason on Twitter, he's, he's a, one of the best angel investors in the world. Um, a lot of those, you know, guys that are, when I was the Warriors are, are involved in startups, and, and they, they they can't help but chuckle at that valuation. Um, and I've actually got some examples. So, to put this in perspective, $100, $100 billion dollar valuation right now for the company, right? Okay, so let's compare some some other big companies. You know, it's it's worth more than General Motors, Ford, BMW, Stellantis, Hyundai, Kia, Ferrari. List goes on. Um, it's built fewer than sixty production cars. So here we go. Here's some companies: Twitter. Number of users, four hundred million. Um, last twelve month, kind of uh, earnings or valuation, mm. four point seven nine billion. Uh, yeah. You go to Airbnb. Number of users, one hundred and fifty million users. Um, the revenue over the total to- total twelve month um, valuation, five point three billion. That's Airbnb. Square, mm. which is a big application in the, in the, in the you know um, uh, tech world. Number of users, 30 million. Revenue, 16.7 billion over the 12 months. Rivian, number of customers at time at, at time of print, 42. Revenue, zero. Valuation, $100 billion. It's just, it's it's absolutely incredible. Like I just, you know, they haven't put a car on the road yet that someone's, you know, driven legally that's been fully registered. They're still in the production phase. They're still trial and error. They've got, yeah. you know- Uh, And it's, it's just, it's just crazy to me. I just, it's, this is just tantamount to what we just spoke about. People trying to throw their cash around. They think everyone thinks it's the next Tesla and Tesla did start this way. Don't get me wrong. Tesla started from, from nothing and had to build their way up with, with concepts and get, get funding and then float the stock and blah, blah, blah. But, um, yeah, this I don't I don't know. I just don't a hundred billion. Oof, I'd be cashing out right now if I was an investor, and oh, yeah. just seeing seeing what happens. Um, because I think there's a lot of risk there, and things can definitely mm. Ford's. So obviously, you're gonna revamp. It's it's um battery operated stuff. Um, GM already is. I mean, BMW already is. I think they announced. What do they say? Two thousand. That they've announced the date where they want to be fully e-card um yeah ferrari's gonna go down that route like so they're gonna have a lot of competition so it's not like they are the tesla where they're the only the only dog in the race for four or five years to mm. other car makers catch up so i'm i'm not i'm not buying the hype I'm, they, they look good um i'm sure they drive nice but 100 billion yeah nah, I'm not buying it
1: yeah well it's um look i 100% agree with everything you're saying there but um i, I must say that yeah they are damn good looking cars but always yeah. get worried about um the fit and finish, because yeah, in all the YouTube videos I watched, was it the TS1 or something? I think the the pickup truck, and I was looking at that guy, man, all the storage, everything in it. Damn, that looks cool. Then I hear about the range. I think the range at the moment is like four four hundred miles or something is a range for it. So um, apparently, there's a bigger battery that you can, um, yeah, option everything. But then, then there's all these other kitchen options. There's all these other add-ons and things you can you can do to the thing. That I'm sure sure there's copious amounts of rooms for your guns too um but i don't
0: yeah. know i don't know I don't, I don't know if gun owners would would just out of pride drive a battery uh, an e-car <laughs> well, it's kind of it's well, kind see, of the yeah, polar opposites live, you,
1: yeah you do live in texas so you mm. just, don't know firsthand what the thought process would be there but um but yeah like that thing yeah it looks damn cool but yeah like i said always worry about the fit and finish everything of these kind of of these cars starting out i guess anyway so um you know Few friends that have owned Teslas and things say the, say the same thing. The earlier models um, aren't even near as good as the um, as the ones now. Just from um, yeah, plastic bits and pieces and touch and feel and everything, they kind of go yeah, it does feel very disposable. Um, and I just do worry about the same thing, just for the manufacturer starting out. That's well, at a hundred billion dollar valve,
0: you know that that's the problem. Yeah. Like it's you know, if it was a billion dollar valve, you'd be like, ah, eh, whatever. But a hundred yeah. hundred billion, you just automatically assume this is one of the best brands in the world already. Um I don't have time for, you know, you guys to figure out um build errors mm. and and build faults. Exactly. And you know, whereas Tesla yeah. had that time because they weren't that big at that time, you know, and then they they made mistakes along the way and figured it out. But yeah, mm. just just that valve that's putting a lot of pressure on your company. So They'd want to fulfill yep. some orders. They want to fulfill more than 42 orders. I can tell you that much because um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be going to be very, very interesting. But um, F-150 to Australia. This is yeah, good um, news. Yeah, really, really good news yeah, if, well, if, if, if it thing, happens.
1: I'm starting to hear from a lot of sources now that it is going to happen. So um, I know that it will make you very, very happy. You're a massive big fan of the F-150 bugs. Um, Yeah, so um, – and yeah, me um, – driving the Ranger wrapped around. I am absolutely loving these um pickup trucks. Um our fans in the uh in over in America call them. Absolutely loving them. And um yeah, I'm I, I'm waving these these um F-150s, anything, any of these American big trucks in bring them in, I say. So absolutely loving them. I can see myself heading down that route because having kids, chucking bikes and everything, Bogues has always been telling me for ages, buy one, buy one, buy one, buy one, buy one. I get it, folks. I get it. Yeah. It's, they're, they're, <laughs> so, like, yeah awesome. It's I a game changer. Yeah. The <laughs>
0: F-150 for me, I had a Raptor in the States. I had both models. I had a 14 and then an 18. The 18 was of course the, um, the, the V6 uh, twin turbo, I believe. Um, but yeah, just so convenient, man, especially for a big fellow like me. I, I had, you know, I could sit in the front seat and then actually sit behind myself with the seat back, if that makes sense. So I could, mm. like, put my seat where I'd normally sit, which is basically almost muzzle spec. I've got the thing as far back as I can yeah. get it. I could get out of the car and jump in the back seat with my and my legs would be touching the seat. And I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. You yeah. got storage under the seats. You can just chuck shit in the back. Um, you know, you can lift the seats up to get yourself more room in the back for storage of stuff you might not want to get wet or if you don't have room in the tray. Yeah. I, I just loved them. And then the new F 150s. You know they've got um, electricity ports and the tailgate. They've got actual. There's an actual uh, uh, measuring tape sewn into the the, yeah, tr- so the, cool. the 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 rear tailgate when it comes down, so you can measure stuff if you're on, on the tools. Um, your front seats recline basically into an airplane-like bed if you want to sleep. Um, your center console turns into a workbench if you need it to. You fold it over. So just they've really thought about. You know, not that I'm out there on the tools on a building site, but some of that stuff comes in handy sometimes. And yeah, I sure. love just the you know, I knew you'd I knew you'd like it once you get it. And and also, I also like the feel of driving above traffic a little bit from a safety point of view. Just I just feel a whole lot safer. Like if someone's going to hit me, they're generally going to hit the the side the, mm-hmm. the step guard to get up into the truck. Um, so yeah, you just feel so much more I was, safer.
1: I was actually I was um I was telling mate about that the other day. It's actually interesting you say about the height because. Yeah, they don't accelerate as quick, or I think these, um, you know, these larger trucks are in. Yeah, definitely, acceleration isn't there of a you know nimble sedan or anything, but because you're higher up, I find you're predicting your lanes far quicker, like your driving style changes around. And I reckon you're going to get to a destination quicker because you can just see so much further ahead. So, um, but interesting thing, my wife was driving it last week. I asked her because I knew we we're recording this today, I asked her yesterday. What do you like better, haven't you? The X5 we had or the Raptor? She said the Raptor.
0: Yeah, she wasn't keen on you getting it at the start, right? She
1: was not keen one bit, man. But she loves it now because she's just seeing how good it is, just going to Bunnings over, chucking stuff in it, chucking the kids' stuff in the back that it's you're just using as a vehicle. It's damn cool. Still gets the thumbs up. Everything's really cool to drive around it just does everything for a family run around just can't believe how good that is
0: yeah and that's the thing right. like we look for you know family cars here in australia obviously you know we're we're, we're big if the you know the old hsv four-door muscle car you can still have your kids in the back mm-hmm. but i think these things are severely underrated I'm, I'm i'll go on record i hated them when i was younger like when i got to the states i thought oh look at these hick things you know but then once you once you drive them as a daily um yeah. not only that when you're on the highway at least in an f-150 people people tend to move the fuck out of the way <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> people yeah, like exactly. people aren't cutting you off people are like holy shit that's a bit i don't want to mess with that like and, and mm-hmm. you can kind of you know merge probably when you're not supposed to at times because people will let you in because it's just a big it's a big truck but i mean i, I love them i just the, the convenience of them you can hit curbs you can hit gutters you can run shit over like you're not scared about rushing your rims um you just you got to know how to drive to drive them um the biggest one mm-hmm. for most people is is parking lots you, you got to reverse into basically everything um, especially the f-150s but that's fine, you just gotta know how to drive. But um yeah, big, big fan. But anyway, the F one fifty, obviously they've seen what's going on with the Silverados and the Dodge Rams and they want a piece of that. But the reason why f- we we bring it up and why I find it interesting was is will it alienate its its Ranger Raptor and Ranger Market? It could potentially mm. do that because the step a, a Colorado uh, sorry, a Silverado right now or a Dodge Ram, you're looking anywhere between, you know, second hand, you might pick one up in the one twenties, one thirties, up to about one fifty for brand new. So a Ranger Raptor, fully loaded, brand new, is what the nineties right now, somewhere around yeah, there. It is, yeah. Brand yep. new, for a twenty-one. So then you, most people would be like, shit. If if I can just kick in an extra twenty, thirty, and get us a, a low kilometer, the real thing, does it alienate yeah. the Ranger yeah. Raptor market? Mm-hmm. I think it might. I think that's that was the concern as to why F one Ford never brought the F one fifty here because they knew that you mm-hmm. know um, they don't want to alienate that market. But I think now they're starting to see that's going to get eaten up by you Know your Silverados and your Rams that they want a piece of the action, so I think it's good. I think some I think people will still get the, the base model um ranges, you know, the 40, 50 60k. Um, but I think the Ranger Raptor will, I think it'll become you might have a collector item if F 150 lands here, Justin. So you might want to hang on to it,
1: yeah. Very true. Um, speaking of collector items, in a way, um, HSV's top secret Colorado in Panorama Silver, the V8 one. Um, yeah did you see that float around saw that pop up I did hear murmurs from HSV I knew they were playing around with something at the time but I actually wonder if um, because that that was very very close to happening did get stamped out um, last minute by Holden Um, didn't back it but um, and that was when they knew
0: that was when they knew they were going under basically when they scrapped it right
1: yeah and that that was the main reason for axing behind it otherwise we would have seen venture down that path Um, yeah I reckon that would have Sold like crazy. I mean, if um if you're looking like like dollars at the time, that was looking to go okay. So Ford's got the Ranger Raptor, HSV having a Colorado with the 8 would have sold shit like and that. cheaper
0: from what we what I understand. It was going yeah. to be under 80k brand new recommended mm-hmm. retail, whereas the, the Ranger Raptors at that point were were low 80s. So and 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 then you're getting a, a purebred V8 6.2 liter, right? So um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I saw really I saw cool Paul thing. Paul our former guest. Um, I saw him he did a quick review on it as well and then there was a few articles about it so if you want to jump online and google it it's actually they don't look bad they don't look bad at all i mean they're all I mean, especially
1: being in the, in the panorama silver man of mine cam he's got uh lsa colorado so i've driven that plenty of times so definitely turned heads and it was funny um because he was actually one of the first ones to do a conversion in that and was amazing buzzing around and did not pull up in the servo or something and hear um hear the V8 rumble out of it. And people come out going, Oh, is, it, is that a test mule? What is it? What is it? it? was yeah, damn hilarious when it um we just had it in standard wheels and trim and everything. It was yeah, hilarious.
0: Yeah, lucky, um, up, so. lucky enough to drive that one. He brought that by one day. But uh there was yeah. this, so there was yeah, in Colorado I had three of the concepts made, right? So I yeah. wonder if we see those pop up at some auctions. I, I doubt they'll be collector collector items, um, something a little bit different, but they'll that, be an interesting market to watch in, mm. in five or ten years when they start popping up. But um, I think all three of them, can they be registered? I don't think so, right?
1: Um, I'm, no, it is registered. So well, the one down there, um, I know one of them was just a normal, I think it was a white one um, they had going around. But this one here, it's tagged, everything, engineered, the whole work. So it's um, – yeah. What wasn't hard to get the engineering um because it was mainly just brakes. Um just doing that um engine um yeah, that engine swap. But um I'm not too sure of the other. Um yeah. Pretty sure that probably would probably would have just done the auto swap and everything, kinda of like what we did with the LSA. Um, but still, um yeah, everything else is questionable in that in that drive line. So but some um, Cam's Cam's one's holding out pretty good. So it's um gone through one auto and that was about it. So everything else has been pretty good with the LSA in it. So yeah. Yeah. The other thing. Um. Uh, did you see twenty twenty three? They're saying um. Uh, autonomous emergency braking is going to be mandated on all um new cars. Hey, that's really so, interesting. Which is, really interesting. Yeah. Um. Actually, surprised it hasn't happened earlier. To be honest, so I must say. From um. Yeah. From having Volkswagens and BMWs, and everything with it. Um. Definitely. Definitely need it. Um. Yeah. Avoid a lot of um, small collisions. I guess uh, those in the paint and panel industry uh, wouldn't be too happy about that happening. But um, yeah, surely it lowers. Surely it needs, needs surely lowers
0: one. our insurance premiums, right?
1: As if. <laughs> mm,
0: yeah, no. That's the other thing I was going to mention that, that um, it's not on the run sheet is. I don't know how everyone else has finding it out there, but insurance premiums have gone through the absolute roof. Um, yep. not, just, not just cars, just everything in general, home insurance, but cars especially. And what's interesting about that is no one's been on the road for the last 18 months, at least in Australia, but premiums, finding a policy on high-end cars right now or anything that's collectible or anything, that, let's say, circa six figures – yeah. Um, I'm sure some of our listeners would agree that there's been there's been a massive spike on on most people's policies. So if you have copped a spike and you th- feel like you're the only person that's that's copping it, um, it's it's everywhere. And I've got a broker that's pretty adept to the market, and he's like, "Man, it's I can't I can't find you a better deal. This is this is it for X, Y, and Z." Mm-hmm. And it's just absolutely crazy. But you look at the technology coming in. Arguably, you know, premiums should start going down if if all this autonomous stuff gets implemented, but what, I mean, what do they do with, with older cars? I mean, cause obviously they're, they're um, influencing new car makers to have it as a minimum, but you know, there could be an, op, you know, could be a circumstance where in 10, 15 years, they're like, you know, you can't drive those older cars cause they don't have it. You know, that's the scary thing now they can oh, start, yeah, start, start, yeah, start to start pushing that way. Right.
1: That is, um, that is a concern to me just how hard, um, and, and I can see it now just with fuel prices and everything that just you know, like, I'm sure you see over in the States at the moment, just the price of fuel over there is just going through the roof. And then everyone going, why is this happening? Is this because they're trying to force our hand to buy more electric vehicles? Just reading all this stuff, as just see over Facebook and everything, and just kind of like, man, you see all that all starting, and then the other bits and pieces probably make it so difficult. There'll probably be so many set rules and everything about just, um, yeah. the regulations about driving cars and then how we talk about car syndicate services later on i'm you know i'm still big believer once all that all um once all that all flares up as to how it's i reckon that's just going to change the game and i reckon everyone's just going to be going. by the time i pay registration by the time i pay insurance i think i could go um join a syndicate program don't have to worry about i've always got a charged vehicle don't have to you know not my issue if i get a little or scratch when anything that happens you know it's probably going to be um waivers on so many bits and pieces just to entice people to join those kind of programs um yeah i reckon that we're just going to see huge changes yeah it'll be it'll be a so,
0: subscription service we have said many yeah. times same as your apple itunes account you'll you'll link yeah. up uh whatever car maker you want and you'll have a certain amount of rides or your paper ride or whatever it is and, and it'll just show up at your door you know 30 minutes before yeah. you need it essentially and that's going to be yeah. especially when you look at um big cities sydney melbourne even brisbane to an extent high density living people in apartments they'll just be at the bottom of the apartment tower there'll be a hundred of these cars just ready to go at any time for everyone in the building that's that's going yeah. to be what they're pushing towards um and, Why? yeah, yeah. It, it just you know us collectors will probably be the, you know will be the, the alienated group left that is still trying to hang on to our cars to be able to drive them ourselves and just be shunned by society at one point
1: mm-hmm. yeah exactly <laughs> um she just touched on what was saying about BMWs because she said that um, a lot of the new models that are coming out, that they're deleting the touchscreen features and other bits and pieces because of these chip shortages. So if we talk about, um, I think they are saying yeah, approximately 200 new BMWs will go rotary controller and um, voice voice control only this year as chip pressure forges the touch functionality to be removed
0: imagine that you buy you buy a high-end bmw yeah
1: yeah but they're low on the price by 800 bucks but then dealerships are asking about 20 grand more for some of these cars um yeah Yeah, i mean that's just um,
0: crazy absolutely crazy mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's imagine buying a brand new bmw and you got better tech in you know your hsv yeah exactly (laughs) we yeah we touched on that what five four or five episodes ago about the chip shortage so it's it's and that's another reason why so many cars can't get landed all around the world and can't Mm -hmm. get enough stock because you know there's a lot going on in the world with supply chain issues and um i'm not sure many people saw in la they had Oh shit, I don't even know how many cargo ships just sitting there. They couldn't even get processed because they were just they're so so far behind and delayed in California right now that they've just got cargo ships sitting out on the in the ocean just waiting to come in for weeks upon weeks. So that yeah. um, supply and chain issue in the world's a, a bad thing at the moment.
1: Speaking over in the States, I saw a funny thing pop up on Facebook the other day, valet parking. Um had a sign saying no, no uh no stick ships.
0: No manuals. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's just, I was just thinking that, just going, man, what this, what's the world coming to? We're kind of all, talking about autonomous cars and all these kind of bits and pieces coming, but. Um, we
0: got to yeah. feel for young kids because young kids wouldn't even know what a, what a, you know, if you're 16 right now, 15, 16, and you're, you know, you're going for your learners here in Australia or you're over there, especially in the US you wouldn't even know what, a, what a, why is there a third pedal? <laughs> like, oh, You know, and yeah. so you feel for those kids and they, they're the kids that usually most valets and for those not familiar in the US are young kids that, are, that do it. A, they're either you know, going to college or they're just out of high school to it's a, just a filler job while they find something else. They're usually young kids and yeah, man, um, it's just, it's yeah, you don't want to put that. If you've got a high-end sports car, it's a manual. You definitely don't want a, a valet that doesn't know how to drive it. But I will tell you that is better security than a car alarm is is manual these days justin you know if you've got a manual <laughs> you're probably not going to get oh, yeah. your car stolen because a lot of these young kids have no idea they'll jump in the car and be like what is, what is going on here what is wrong with this yeah. car you know it's it's got a defect why why have they put a third accelerator in there or third pedal yeah. maybe it's a second accelerator so best form of security i
1: actually saw a video of um, that was somewhere um, up near the gold coast That um yeah there's a it was a Subaru, um, WRX, parked in the service station. Guy's gone running in and um, looking around, just going to jump in the car because um, he was getting chased by someone. And yeah, trying to get it going and cracked it, slamming his hands on the bonnet. And he back over the road after the guy ran out from the survey because obviously he couldn't drive manual. <laughs> <So>.
0: <laughs> yeah, how embarrassing. But that's the way of the world. Everything's changing, especially with the autonomous stuff. And, you know, we'll get to a point where. Um, kids won't even know how to drive a, a regular regular car because of the autonomous feature, you know? So that's just the way the way of technology. So we'll continue to watch that and see how, how soon it comes on. But let's get on a q and Some good ones for you this week. I'll go through these. Hey, guys, Al here. If you were to buy one car now as an investment with a 100K budget, what would it be? Where are you going?
1: I guess around that I'll probably have to go. I'd consider probably uh... – Probably go like a a VT2 GDS. Mm. Yeah, that'd be rough for the 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Yeah, exactly. Because I think around that that kind of money, you can push probably a a lower K, 50, you know, something like, um, yeah, 50K in the clock. Um, Being in that, um, think of its time being. When that came out back in two thousands, it was a W427 of its time. I just think the hype behind it, 300 kilos, just absolutely massive when that came out. Like, I remember that just going, holy fuck, going from a 215 HSV in the, um, you know, in 95 going through to the VT1 when that came out with 220. Then the optimized um, one at 230 was like, holy crap, and then boom. When um when they announced it, now it's the announced the S V ninety nine at two fifty kilowatt, everyone lost their mind and then boom, here comes a GDS three hundred kilowatt. It was just mind blowing just seeing that at um at the motor show. It's a bit of a standout car. Um, yeah, it had the two tone leather, leather, the red and black, um everything just going for that car, and especially if you can get them in red. Um looked uh, look absolutely um stunning in red. Um that'd be my go to. What, what about you folks?
0: Well, I'll go with your your uh well, you're thinking that the F6 Typhoon, you know, um,
1: yeah, you
0: know, they're they're starting to push those numbers now. What was that low kilometer example you said? Low low one yeah, hundred. Well, that's
1: the thing. I mean, yeah, um, yeah, nine thousand kilometers on the clock. So yeah, definitely with that three hundred of the aspects made, I you can grab yourself an aspect. Um, yeah, big money maker because yeah, that will be an absolute standout car.
0: Um, yeah it was the it was the bees knees when it was out it was a very very mm-hmm. you know impressive car at the time and um yeah yeah there's still some clean ones floating around that people have parked so keep your mm-hmm. eye out for some of those all right next one hey lads interesting to hear you guys talk about tech in cars do you think it's taking the fun out of driving thanks that's from matt
1: um look bad i think for, i mean i look at fun out of driving in different ways i mean if i'm if i'm want a nice daily I look for tech and that's actually the fun I find in cars I mean I like the better audio heads up um you know not heads up display I actually hate heads up display but I like the digital screen in front of me I like having all that um all working for me um makes makes I guess that you could drive a car a bit lazier with autonomous braking bits and pieces like that that um you can have that fun factor in the car so but for a weekender I hate tech I want to feel I love everything about it um and don't get me wrong I mean you can still have fun with launch control under the bits and pieces because people you know I get some guys up saying well that launch control technology stuff, something they can't stand but I mean that takes you know that can make your car fun if you look at a weekend if you've got like a golf r or something like that you can you know you've got it modified take off the powers of piss zero to hundred under three seconds if you've done turbo swaps and things with them but um you know Pros and cons there, but yeah, I kind of go weekender. I still like a manual HSV or something with minimal tech to live and feel it. Um, but um, yeah, that's um, my opinion on it. Thank yeah, I
0: mean, I'm probably the same. I think for everyday daily driver driver, you want convenience, and I've I've done the um, the the drive uh, basically from Queensland to Victoria a few times now. Um, mm-hmm. You know. Over the last eighteen months, because I, I refuse to fly with everything going on and getting stuck and blah blah blah. So, I've done that about three or four times, and um, I've driven uh, my eight series or the X7, and they both have the autonomous driving on them, and absolute lifesaver for long distance. Like just just mm-hmm. push the button. You know, by autonomous, I mean it's it's merging, merging, turning. You know, going going the distance on the freeway. Um, you got to keep your hands on the wheel. Obviously, if, if you take them off, I think it's fifteen seconds. It starts chirping at you. But you yeah, can it kind
1: of. The bloody yellow flushing steering wheel. Yeah, but you
0: can kind of. Uh, well, yeah. this one, yeah, and then I think it's after twenty-five seconds, the fucking thing just it, it hits the brakes and puts your emergencies on. If you if you, yeah. if, you if you keep your hands off yeah. for too long, um, which yep. I, I don't uh, condone. But look, that it just takes it just take a long trip like that. It's amazing because you just push the button, you can chuck a podcast on, you can half tune out. You know, if someone's about to merge into your lane or something's coming ahead, it'll beep at you and let you know and then you can react. Or you don't have to react, it'll react for you. So I agree with you, yeah, the, the you know, the um, the weekend for sure. But the, the only problem is with old school cars is once, if you try to use them as a daily, you forget about the little conveniences you have in, in a new age car. So it means a docking station for your phone. It means connecting your phone to your, you know, your maps, whether it's your Apple um, Apple Drive or whatever. So when you're in old school, you know, and you need a map to get somewhere, you're probably stuck looking more at your phone to, 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 to look where you're going, you know, listening to your phone. So you, you don't realize how much tech is in cars until you get into something that has absolutely no tech. Um, so the only time I'll drive those generally is if I know exactly where I'm going or for a few little errands here and there, if I can just chuck the map on quickly. But if I need to go somewhere where I'm doing a lot of errands and business and all that, um, I try to just take the daily for. You know, I totally agree with you. You just want that convenience, and, and the other thing, you know, with a lot of those old schools, you don't want to um, break down somewhere when you go into an important meeting. That's the other problem, you know. And I've that's yeah. happened to me a few times. You try to take the, the muscle car out on a weekday and do all your errands, and then something happens, and then because you haven't driven it for so long, and you're like, fuck, like you know. So there's a stress. <laughs> there's a stress of that, you know. Like, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a good mix.
1: Yeah. Sure.
0: All right, we'll get to the next one. Uh, good to hear that you bought that Justin uh, bought a Ranger Raptor. What made you pick a Raptor over the Rugged X Harper?
1: Um, oh, I mean, to be honest, with you, Harper. I mean, I'm not a fan of the Rugged X Hilux. Um, and yeah, I get at the resale value and everything, but it wasn't really something I just looked into. I mean, um, if I went one, I just like to look at the Ranger Raptor. It was that or nothing really for me. So, um yeah. Uh, Guess that's it. So I didn't get into specs and doing a side by side comparison, so I can't talk to it that much. But um yeah. Ranger up there, that was my go. Looks stunning. That's it.
0: Yeah, and you got yours is yours will still be the cheapest on the market today. So you have got a really you know, you yeah, really yeah. you got a really good buy with that and crunch the poor bloke. So mm-hmm. um yeah, you got a really good deal. So it was kind of a no brainer as far as that goes. But yeah, you can't I mean the they they are the best looking I guess Australian built um pickup or Australian mm-hmm. for Australian roads and Australian built they built. Where are they? Philippines, Thailand, somewhere up there. Uh Thailand, Thailand. They are? yeah. So- but they, they they are the best looking at the moment. I think they um they look very, very good. All right, next one. question for me. I've seen you post up some of your collection on Instagram. Will you one day give us a video tour? That's from Heath. Uh I have a video tour on my phone ready to go. I'm just um questioning when I should post it. So I did a tour um a couple of months ago and i might post it we'll see we'll see over the next couple of months maybe a christmas present for everyone that that follows but um
1: we could even do when you when you're down next we could um do that and do a pot from there or something and yeah try and um answer a few questions so
0: yeah potentially potentially but did um yeah i've I've got a 12 minute on the phone that's just sitting here for any day i might post it we'll see if not um we can always do a morning f find down the line, but there's, yeah, there's a lot of cool stories with all the cars in my collection. So the 12-minute one's more a quick one just to run through everything and how mm. it's set up. But um, yeah, I mean, you could probably spend 20 or 30 minutes talking about each car and how he found it and where it's from and the backstory about how we found it. Like most cars, and that's probably half the half the fun of owning these old-school cars is knowing, you know, the, the story behind them. They're not just a, yeah. another car. So. Stay tuned, Heath. Hopefully I'll post something soon about that. Next one, being at home with COVID and watching car channels on YouTube. Any you guys recommend that's from James?
1: Um, good question, James. Um I guess probably my go-to's is on um, YouTube. I absolutely love uh, ViniWiki. If you haven't checked that out. So it's a really, really cool car stories. Um, yeah, so those guys around I think they're out of like Atlanta, Georgia, um, over in the States. But um that's actually um Yeah, that's that's really cool. They have some great guests on it. Um yeah, highly recommend that. Um Hoonigan versus uh the world. So it's um I guess they're um yeah, this versus that. So different kind of car races that they run um in the Hoonicorn racing other cars as well. So it's really cool to watch. So probably um that's another go-to there. Uh Carwow, that's another one I watched, so that's out of the UK. Great races that they do there. So different car comparisons and everything. Um, yeah, that's um that's another one I watch. Um um and then um yeah, I suppose um the other guys like Paul Marrick, um, I on from last episode, so he's also good to watch on YouTube. So um Google him, um some yeah, for some other car reviews. But that's mainly car stories and car reviews is um all I really watch, um, from those there. So that's probably my go-to.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's probably more what Shannons were doing with the man. was a man and machine, I think it is. Oh, yeah, man and machine, yep. Yeah, they were were always fun to watch. I like more the um, Australian-sided stuff. But, you know, on on US TV, you can find so many different car shows, you can almost get lost. But, um, yeah, man versus machine, I think it was, something like that. The the Shannons, had. I'm not even sure if it's still going. I don't think it is. Um, I think he might be doing his own thing now. But... Yeah, I mean that they were cool because they just he just basically dig into into people's collections all over Australia and 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 basically what we do just just talk shit about the cars where you got it like yeah. why did you get involved and um, I know mm-hmm. a few people that have been on them and yeah they're usually usually pretty cool stories and um, that's kind of you know probably the basis of, of what I really enjoyed um, mm. what else for me I mean probably similar stuff to you um, to be quite honest with you yeah. but yeah I like I like more stuff suited towards the Australian market.
1: Mm. There's another. Um, there's one actually just started. Just came out. So um, there's a hip hop artist from the states, uh, Killer Mike. So uh, I've known him through the car scene. He listens to our podcast as well. So he's actually started this one on Facebook, um, which is called Rollin Rollin with Killer Mike, um, and that's cool. So there's um, the last episode was um, yeah. A, about a guy who's um, yeah um, yeah there was a Ferrari uh, and then uh, latest episode with um, yeah the guy's got a really really nice Porsche 911 as well so once again it's about the story of the car um, how they got it how they got around and what made them fall in love with that um, with that model and everything and like both are saying it's about the story of the car versus just um, going to a dealership and buying something so yeah worth checking out too
0: yeah and half a story for me is. If you want to want to want to get a story with a car, try and import a, a car from overseas. It's a pain in the ass of a process. So that'll that'll give you a nice story for any car you bring over. Because dealing with the muppets, a, a board, the border patrol and customs and this and that and fees and levies and geez, man, like and then on top of that you got luxury car tax. Car tax if it's a 1955 whatever you're paying luxury car tax if it's over a certain threshold. It's just it's absolutely mind-numbing um, process, which gives just your, your your car its own story if you do, if you do it that way. Um, yeah. next one was chatting to a mate about fast SUVs or four wheel drives the other day. What are your thoughts? I think overkill rod.
1: Look, I mean, it really depends what you after all. I mean, uh, I've, I see the points of you just going to go out and get it, but I kind of feel for
0: poor bloke. He might've had a
1: HSV or something, but then he's arguing with his missus and she wants an X five. So they're kind of compromised with getting, um, you know, an X five M 50 or an X five M or something. Um, I kind of see it for that going cool. I understand the benefits is um, a happy medium, but if it's simply just, uh, I get it. If you're kind of wanting to go and do track days or something with it, well then yeah, or you know, blasting through the hills and everything. Yeah. It can be a bit of overkill, you know, so if you kind of look at it like that. So in um, Bogues, you've had an X5M. How did you find that?
0: I also had the Jeep um, SRT8 as well. So that yeah, was probably true. the first yeah. big banger four wheel drive I had that. And actually before that, I had a Porsche Cayenne Turbo S in the U S. So, I mean yeah look for me it's a bit of a better fit for bigger guys um just to get in and out of so it makes sense for me but i mean there are some quick ones and i, I guess driving a if you did get an x5 and it was a smaller motor they are a bit um truckish um so i yeah. guess i understand why people would want them you know the, i had the x5 m um the last series and that thing was a beast i think that thing went really really well um so look it just depends what you want if you know like you said the compromise need more room we've got two kids and then the husband's like well let Mm -hmm. me get the big bang of motor so i get a a bit of sport out of it and thrill driving it so i I get it but yeah based on pure performance if you were like i I just want a pure performance car it's sporty you wouldn't even look at an suv if that was your mindset but most people have to chuck a baby seat in the back and have room in the back for suitcases Mm -hmm. and all that shit that you go through once you're married and have kids yeah
1: but i must say as well that um you know like I said, I had the 2020 BMW X5 um, M40i, which is, you know, the 40i is the engine, the same engine that um, they put in the uh, new Supra. If you kind of look at that, it's, um still got 22-inch wheels, still got massive big M performance brakes, M performance exhaust. Sounds great. It's a twin turbo six. Um, You look at that going, that does everything. It's, yeah, it doesn't have the crackles and pops and things of a V8, but you still see it. That's still that's still hitting 105 seconds, like more than enough for what you look at. And you kind of see go. Okay, that's what's really getting hard for me. So if you kind of look at go, is it overkill to go safe from that to an X5M? It probably is. You know, then BMW's also got like the, um, the M50i, which I drove that. And then I drove the 40i and I couldn't really justify the difference between. I'll just kind of go on for the size of it. Okay. go, yeah, well, then, yeah, that's a bit of an overkill for just trying to get a little bit of a V8 note, whereas I'd probably rather go get the M550i sedan because that crackles and pops and carries on. I kind of think being more nimble, that's a good bang for the buck car compared to the biggest size of an SUV. But, um, yeah, really comes down to um, if that's a compromise, you're putting all your eggs in one basket to try and make the missus happy, you happy, and then that's your compromise to um, put a smile on your face and remain in a... In a V 8
0: 100 go for it man that's what i say if you if you have to move on just and you've got the coin you might as well still have some enjoyment from driving and yeah the for me the bmw's uh they tick all the boxes for me for as far as a um, a sporty suv right now and you know hopefully mm-hmm. i'm not a huge fan of the mercs um, mercedes right now as far as their suvs i think uh, bmw's got them um yeah they've got them over the line a little bit um i mean porsche that's a whole another level in australia at least if you're in the states different story but here, you know for a porsche you're paying you know three four hundred k um that's a whole another level up from, but i think bmw as far as value for money um you can't beat it i mean out of a range rover we've sold that recently the mrs drove and when i look at what i paid for the range rover circuit 220 to mm. what i paid for See the, the for new the-
1: ones just come out as well mm. um one looks
0: pretty good mrs might twist your arm for one of them yeah maybe i just i just thought they were just so overpriced when i look at what i got with the x7 or albeit it's only a six turbo diesel but um the yeah we had the the 4.4 litre um i think it was what uh turbo turbo diesel yeah. and a range rover and it just it was a beautiful car don't get me wrong but it, it, i just couldn't substantiate the extra 100k or, or 80k that i paid for you know over the x7 yeah. When it didn't it didn't even have half the bells and whistles like i didn't even have the um the side mirror warning you know the you know oh, yeah, yeah, the you lane know, departure The lane departure <laughs> like this is a two hundred twenty thousand dollar car and i gotta pay it's like a not, I, I bought it already built um was on the ship mm. when i when i bought it already i didn't order it but like that was an option that you had to pay for <laughs> like
1: that does freak me out man like i can't get my head around how land rover is with that that the option list. I just oh, they just out dick you road. with the
0: options. They just dick you. Like it's like literally. Yeah. Like, do you want your? Do you want indicators on both sides? That's thousand dollars extra. Do you want a horn in your steering wheel? Seven hundred dollars. You're just like, <laughs> like, yeah. you buy a base model, and you're like, oh, that's a reasonable price. And then by the time you put all the options on to have it half drivable, you're like, holy shit, it's an expensive car. So, look, oh, yeah. we, look, we enjoyed it. The, the tech was awful. Um, the 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 seats were real comfy. Um, as far as that it was very very comfy it's, it's more of a status car to be honest with you yeah. when, when you look bang for buck but they, they do look yeah. damn good though uh, when, they're, when, mm. they're, when they're pimped out right so that was the reason it was either that or a G-Wagon I was, I was you know this was three years ago and the, the, I've heard the 21, 2021 G-Wagons are much better but the, the previous generation were absolute horseshit. shit so she yeah had exactly
1: a, the, yeah. the vibration from the side pipe just everything
0: the, um, had a teammate yeah. had one and, and just they just they just felt like a you felt like you were driving an off-road vehicle everywhere you went. Yeah. And um, you couldn't put the windows yeah. down. The rear windows you couldn't put down because of the side pipes. So you can't mm. have kids in it. So I was like yeah. talking the missus out of it. Like you don't want one. 70% you don't want one. of the, um, the NBA probably have a G-Wagon now. <laughs> nah, it's not that bad anymore. I went through like a Panamera phase. It goes through phases. It goes through phases. Mm. With whichever star player drives something, then everyone copies. But I remember ordering. I was a, a Transcender, believe it or not. I ordered the, that Panamera. Before it was even yep. built, I pre-ordered it out of the out of the cayenne into that, and then within two years, every parking lot was full of them, and I was like, oh god! So that's when I went and traded <laughs> it in for the um, I traded in for the M5, and then traded yeah. that in for the Raptor, and never looked back. So, yeah. fun time, story time. Let's let's wrap this up. What do you got for us? All
1: right, so um, this is an interesting story, right? So if, um, you know, we've spoken a lot about dealership horror stories and levels of customer service relating to it. So. I thought I'd head into one. So um, the interesting one, this is back in 2001. Um, family member at the time bought a brand new VU ute um, off a Holden dealership. Brands banker, all ready to pick up. So it was arranged. Um, it was like four o'clock on a Friday. Knock off work early, go get it. Um, car was parked by the dealership out the front, so already to walk out do the handover so going in shaking hands shooting the shit at the dealership um a delivery truck dropping off a bunch of um Varinas, i think at the time and um yeah lumina or something um doing that and reverse back and slammed right into the side of this brand new you hadn't even been sat in hadn't even been collected hadn't even been given the keys Slam right the side of it. So I'm talking kick the door a little bit, um, <laughs> kick the door guard, need a new headlight, and um, top of the wheel. Um, so fair fair bit of damage to it. Um, not the not the thing you want to see when it comes to um, collecting a brand new vehicle. Um, what do you reckon, Bugs? Yeah. What do you reckon the dealership did?
0: <laughs> passed it off to to the the new owner.
1: Yep. So, oh, it's a shame that happened. We'll go talk to the driver. We'll make sure we get all the details. So sorry about that. Um, But unfortunately that's in the parking lot out the front. So, um, hope you got insurance on the car. (laughs) Did this awkward (laughs) kind of chuckle and, um, you know, driver of the truck comes in so, so sorry and everything. Um, yeah. So pass the buck on that. Um, yeah. Absolutely shattered looking this brand new Ute sitting there. And even once again, I never collected it, cracked the shits, um, complained about it, refused to take the car, left the um, dealership, probably kick and scream, kind of went in, dealer principal caught up, still trying to justify going, nah nah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, so unfortunate that happened. Nothing we can do about it. Yeah, back and forth, ended up seeking some legal advice, pushed it. Kind of like didn't get the point of getting a new car at the time, but um, they came back with a bit of a counteroffer. Um, she said, what do you reckon the offer was back from them as a goodwill jester?
0: <laughs> we'll get our apprentice to paint it for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll deliver it to the certified panels service and we'll pay half of your excess was the first offer.
0: Yeah, not bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Go into that. Went back and forth, further on, um, yeah, they would then um, look to pay all of the excess. At this time, they haven't even offered to supply a car to drive around ending the time. You know, this is paid for. Um, Vehicle's still sitting with them um, in all that negotiation stage of everything. So you kind of think of further customer service and went back and then the question going, okay, so do um, we take the car for a drive first? The dealer principal asked us, did we take the car for a drive first? and um, park it back in that spot and said no the car actually hadn't been collected whoever it was in your dealership parked in that spot was hit hadn't even collected the car not happy with it don't want the car went to a lot of arguments back and forward um had to go to the point of um pushing and taking the offer in the end of um, them paying the excess and going to their certified place they tinted the windows complimentary at the time um got the car back uh and then end up having a scratch on the bonnet (laughs) that happened somewhere in between of this happening so the side of it's been repaired terrible blend on it so they didn't blend right up the side just kind of on the to the door on the front guard and a new headline in it then the other scratch on the bonnet um yeah but absolute horror story around it but um yeah that was i kind of thought i'd get into that because it was a bit of an interesting point there i think um Knowing what I know now, more confidence around things probably will push things a hell of a lot harder. But I just kind of thought that was a bit of an interesting situation: being not taking delivery of a vehicle, being brand new, not even sitting in it, driving it, anything. That being in the dealership's hand, that getting hit by a truck. I kind of think if that didn't happen in front of us at the time of of collection, would have that been a different story? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, then you then you're going mm.
0: after the you know if it gets delivered to your house, then it's like when did it happen? How did it happen? who's yeah. responsible um you know mm. and dealers dealers are going to try to wash their hands from it you know as much as they can um but yeah, yeah i mean that's look i think it's a whole separate issue of not even offering a, a loaner car i mean um business yeah. ethics have just gone out the window in 2021 all, all around the world in, oh, hey. in many different <laughs> industries yeah. man no one no what one has i
1: mean yeah it's
0: yeah. it's just so stupid. Well,
1: Cause I cause I had a um interesting experience so I bought. Um I bought the Mrs. New Runaround car. Um, yeah, just got a Ceserado GT, um being the best kind of bang for buck car I can really find as a not care about car to chuck some kids in. Um and it was an interesting thing there because I did that by click and collect. So it was really done there. I was just kind of had the time of collection, had to go get there. Um, kind of came out, um, yeah, making sure the guy delivering the car is, he goes, oh, I can't do a full handover of the car. No nice handover. Um, but seeing some marks and things around, so I'm kind of looking at, I'm um, seeing on the front bars, a tiny little mark and looking around going, well, yeah, it's a brand new car, you can do things. But kind of, I just think back to this kind of story going, you know, that, yeah, seeing a couple of tiny marks and nicks and things around in the car, but what, like, what, what can you do? You no, know, I think your point of really complaining these days is just kind of because that's the way society is now, just got to groom and bear it. It's, um, yeah, I thought that would have been an interesting one for um, our listeners to ponder because I kind of think going, yeah, if we weren't there at the time, that didn't happen. Um, if we were just five minutes around the corner, I reckon um, we probably would have been getting our hands on a brand new you instead of um, us um, just taking this for what it is. So
0: yeah, no doubt, and and you know, because there's so much turnover in the workforce, you know. Companies, car dealerships, you know, local restaurants, whatever it is, there's that nobody thinks about the long term and repeat customers. And if I treat this guy or girl right, that they'll come back for life. No one thinks about that anymore, and and that's the disappointing thing with um with society, right? It's like you know if you yeah. just you know like you said the handover, it's just like what it taken the dude thirty minutes max, you know, and and you, know, you just be nice and answer questions, and then you know you know what when you want to upgrade when you want to trade in, you'll you'll go to that 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 person just because they're nice. Um, not not even always because they've given you a discount. It's it's just mm. and that's you know, that's just something that we're lacking in, in, in all, all walks of life. That's something you gotta deal with. But for people that are out there that are mechanics that are in own dealerships, own restaurants, just, you know, treat your customers well. They'll 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 always return. I know I will. I'm a loyal customer to anyone who treats me well um whether it's in the service industry whether it's a person making my coffee a smile on their face and they say hello good morning i remember that shit and i I like enjoying i enjoy being in those environments but if it's someone that's just like you can tell they're just trying to turn a buck get in get out hurry up and finish your coffee kind of attitude i just won't go back there you know and that's yeah uh, that's just the reality of life i want to finish on this one i want to do a prediction so we've spoken a lot about um you know, e-cars and battery-powered cars, and petrol and phasing out. We know in Australia, politically, it's becoming a big issue where, um, you know, the green target and 2030 target and all that kind of stuff. And um, what's your prediction? Let's let's do two tiers, all right? We're gonna do um, mm-hmm. we're gonna do Australia and the world. What's your prediction? What's the last year you'll be allowed to drive a petrol car in Australia? Do you think? Oh, um. So this will this will be. So obviously there'll be it'll be similar to the autonomous thing like they'll, they'll put in they'll put in a um a law with new car makers that we will no longer import fuel-based cars after probably 2025 or 30 i don't know i'm making it up but then beyond yeah. that beyond that when will it be deemed that no more petrol cars can be on the road and then if you've got like a guzzler like we do a muscle car you probably need to pay some massive top up to yeah, drive it but what what year do you think that will be
1: Look, I, I, I reckon it'd be probably like um, just in general from stop of production would probably be, a, um, I reckon, probably about 40 years away than Australia just for production stopping. But I still reckon, yeah, you'll be allowed to have your like, collector cars, whereas, um, yeah, you have to have permits to purchase fuel and do bits and pieces. It'll just be all these hoops and um, permits you'll have to get. Just to take your bloody car around the block, I reckon that's probably going to happen in that sense. But um, yeah, but it's a scary thought. But it could be, it could be sooner than later. Because, so you think? Um,
0: so hold on, you're saying production, so entry of fuel cars will be in 40 years. They'll stop it in 40 years for brand
1: new. I reckon. Ooh, yeah, wow. I, I, you're reckon, optimistic. I, reckon, I reckon. Yeah, that's. I, I just think because I'm more thinking of Australia. I just reckon the kind of the pushback that'll really happen. Of um, could be well sooner than that. It's all going to depend on battery and charging technology because I, I just more think of those right out and rural australia how that's going to happen no you those can't you can't
0: i don't agree with it i don't agree with it at mm. all um but we know mm. we know it's a huge political deal here and it's starting to get spoken yeah. about already green new yep. deal blah blah, c- blah cities
1: cities will be yeah Probably 15 to 20 years will probably happen. So.
0: Yeah, well, I think, uh, I mean, because, you know, Australia is going to save the world from global warming. That's one thing, right? You know, China, India, like Australia, mm. if we can all just drive batteries, we're going to, you know, our emissions will go from 0.001% to 0.0001%. <laughs> mm. yeah, <laughs> or yeah, China's exactly. just doubling their production, but that's a story for another day. But I just, I think it's going to be sooner. I think, um I think we'll we, we, probably in the next 10 to 15 years, we'll start seeing heavy. Restrictions, taxes, mm. um, potential towards more fifteen, twenty years of stopping fuel cars coming to Australia. This is just my prediction for new cars. I reckon yeah. that. So I reckon we'll see it in our lifetime. I reckon circa two thousand fifty, we're going to see a massive fall off in Australia. I think um, if you've got a petrol car, I don't know how they do it though, because you know there's a lot of people that aren't well off that that drive. You know. Um, just cars to get from a to b that cost them a couple of a couple thousand bucks yeah. they don't care about the economy and all that so i don't know how you get them into it there'll be some sort of incentive scheme that the taxpayers gonna have to pay for to get those cars off the road but i'm, I'm in australia i'm saying 2050 is going to be that'll be the time mm. where if you've got a, a a muscle car you'll be paying a massive levy just to get a plate on it and drive it and you'll probably only be allowed to drive it for a certain amount of days or whatever the hell they do especially in victoria yeah. victoria will be the you know, Victoria is always ahead of the curve with all these crazy policies. So I think, I think 2050, I think the rest of the world will be a bit later. I think the first world, you know, when you look at the US, Canada, us, will be around 2050, but, you know, some of the, the countries that aren't as well off will probably get a bit of a a longer run with it just because it's impossible, but yeah, I don't, I don't like it. I mean, you know, if you, yeah. if you think about most countries, you know, a dense area like Australia, how the hell are you getting to central Australia without stopping to charge, you know, six or seven or eight times. Right. So there's that. And then there's the issue of, um, charging stations. So like you're basically mm-hmm. going to have to charging station in every parking spot or a supermarket, um, because yeah. you can't just have like five or six, um, you're going to have people breaking down all over the road that aren't organized, that didn't charge sufficiently or just got lazy or forgot. Because, you know, if people are, people are breaking down when the the petrol gauge is low, they're going to do it with, with batteries. So then you've got that issue. So it's, it's going to be a shit show. But the, just politically, I've got a feeling that this is going to be the next push that we're going to go to in Australia mm-hmm. to save the world from global warming. I was, I was warming. actually
1: thinking that the other day how my missus would be. She's the type that would just go, oh, I was busy taking the kids and groceries in. Sorry, I forgot to charge the car.
0: Yeah, and then you got <laughs> to wait fucking eight hours. You, you got to that's yeah. the, that's the other thing like you're not filling the thing up in 6 minutes. Yeah. Like <laughs> you got to charge that shit overnight. Um yeah. but I mean I I assume I know in Israel um a friend of mine was telling me that they had um you could quick change your battery. So you could stop in like a, a petrol station and they would they could take your battery out and give you a new one. The problem was People started doing dodgies and giving you a shit of of quality battery and you didn't really know. (laughs) So, but I'm sure they'll get to that point where you can do a quick swap. It takes like 10 minutes for them to just slip it out, put a new one in that's fully charged. You pay for the bat, you know, it's a swap, swap, swap for swap and you pay a fee for having it fully charged. But yeah, just something like a gas um, bottle
1: of Bunnings. 100%.
0: Yeah, that that, there'll be that mentality, but I don't like where it's going. Mm. I just think, um, I think Australia will be at the forefront of that because it's really coming up politically with. You know um, our missions and all that kind of stuff. Just it's constantly on the forefront, and we're only in 2021. So I just you know I know I know Victoria's banned. I think I don't think you can fit. Um, there's no more gas fittings on new dwellings in the city. I don't believe or CBD metro area. No, yeah. So I don't know what fringe it is, but I know it's city and probably city outer. So you can't put any gas uh, ovens and all that kind of shit in 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 new buildings. So that that's already a start. So I can only really see the cars are going to follow suit.
1: I know. What do you reckon? Will the um, greenies around Bo Morris allow charging stations to pop up everywhere? Oh, I'm sure
0: they will. Could put some on that on that nice hilltop up there. They'll, they'll love that. They'll love that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but uh, thankfully they all live in live in trees. They don't live in structures that um <laughs> that 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 use electricity and charge their phones and heat and air conditioning. <laughs> they wouldn't use any of that stuff, right? It's only right if you're yeah, going to be. Yeah, no, exactly right. And that's the yeah. thing. Like I've got no problem with um, people that are environmental, very environmental, and I've got good friends that are. Mm-hmm involved in that stuff but for the people that are going to tell you how to live your life you better be living with absolutely no electricity and 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 nothing nothing that pollutes the earth before you start talking down other people that's that's what gets me about it like if you're living in a tree and you come up to me and you're like hey you shouldn't be charging your phone every every three hours i'll be like oh that's fair enough at least you're living in a tree you're not leaving you're not using electricity so i'd listen to you a little bit more but you know if you're rocking up in your x5 and you're telling me hey you shouldn't you shouldn't build a house there because it's hurting the environment i'm like "Eh." On your bike, yeah, mate, exactly. on your bike, mate, on your bike. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right, that wraps up uh, episode 10. Let us know what you think. I'd love to hear from the listeners and people out there. What's your prediction around when Australia and the world will go fully green and save the world from global warming where they will... Number one, stop import of, of petrol and diesel cars. And number two, when will they actually stop you from even driving it on the road or having you pay a levy or an extra tax? So interesting discussion to, to hear mm. people's thoughts of what, what direction. I mean, Justin, went you, you went real long, 40 years Oh, well. oh, I
1: mean, man I'm, I'm thinking about guys right out in the desert, so how are they going to live life? Yeah, we
0: know politicians don't give a fuck about them. That's the problem. Yeah, true. You know, they're voting bases true. in the city, and that's no, that's no offense to people out there. I love love country people, and mm. I'm just going from a political point of view of how our politicians think. It's all about the voter yeah. in the inner city, mate. You know, the latte drinkers, they're the ones that move the needle. <laughs> so that's all I'm thinking about. But I hope it's 40 years. I hope it's 400 years. But um, yeah.
1: let us know your thoughts. That's episode cool. 10. Thanks, Justin.
0: Yeah.